Hello everybody, welcome to the first official episode of my podcast, The American Dream. Uh, hi, I'm your host Aiden Duvall, and today we will be talking about the American history before any America. So this is Columbus, and some of his, um, I, I don't want to say adventures, as there were more killings and horrible, horrible atrocities. I'll get into those later. Um... So firstly, Columbus himself, he was Portuguese, and uh, he didn't discover the world was around, just, just, I'm gonna tell you that now. He also, he also did not discover America, he discovered the Indies and the, and the Caribbean, of which he went on countless murders, murder sprees with his crew. So... He, uh, the Portuguese, they, they didn't want this, uh, for lack of a better word, idiot, manning a ship and heading out on a dangerous expedition to a part of the world that hadn't been mapped yet. So, he went to Spain. He tried it again and again. So he went to Spain. He tried and he failed, but, um, eventually Spain agreed because they were getting very desperate for their spices as, uh, the, uh, important spice traders have recently cut off their supply. You know, like a drug dealer. So, when he, uh, about, now about the people who he and his crew encountered, they were known as the Arawaks and the Taino. Uh, this story will focus on the Arawak people. Now, the, the Arawak, they lived in villages, practiced basic agriculture, but, um, they had no horses, no other work animals, and they had no iron. Unlike a majority, if not all, of the European societies that were in the same time period at the same place. But, um, what they did have was, um, gold ornaments, gold relics, gold jewelry, gold, a lot of stuff. They had no... Now, the reason they just had all this gold lying around was because they had no use for it. They had a barter system economy, and... They really didn't need it. It was more for ceremonies and decoration. Nothing really practical, mind you. But, you know, it gets the job done. Now, they, uh, now when the air, now all of this is according to Howard Zinn's A Young People's History of the United States. This episode is, at least. Now, here is a quote by Christopher Columbus himself that he wrote in his log when he encountered the Arawaks for the first time. They brought us parrots and balls of cotton and spears and many other things, which they exchanged for glass, beads, and hawks' bells. They willingly traded everything they owned. They were well built, with good bodies and handsome features. They do not bear arms, they do not, and do not know them, for I showed them a sword, and they took it by the edge and cut themselves out of ignorance. They had no iron, they had spears made of cane. They would, they would make fine servants. With fifty men, we should subjugate them and make them do whatever we want. Now, if you all don't know, well, if you all don't know, subjugate means to overpower. Now, more on Columbus. Now, on for the Arawaks. The Arawaks live in the Bahama Islands, and just like, and much like their Indian counterparts who lived on the mainland of America, the United States, they believed, they also believed in hospitality and sharing and equality for all, that includes women, which European societies, societies did not have to offer. But you see, Columbus was the first messenger to the Americas from the civilizations of Western Europe, 
and uh, like uh, most of the civilizations from Western Europe, they were very, very power-hungry and very, very looking forward to finding spices and gold, along with new slaves to keep up new servants. Now, as my 6th grade teacher put it, she said, there were three things explorers searched for. Three G's. Gold, glory, and God. The first two are pretty explanatory, and they want gold and glory, but God, well, you know how Western Europe is at that time. The church had massive influence over everything. So, they decided to just go with... So, they decided to go spread God's word to these savages, as they put it. Now... The thing is, he Columbus seized the Arawax, demanding to know where the gold was. He did the same thing with the Taino in the in the uh, main Caribbean, not the Bahamas yet. And uh, well, uh, they didn't. Well, he couldn't get any information out of them. So <clears throat> sorry, I I'm sorry. I'm just out of breath. I got back from a run now. When he... Now, let's jump... Sorry, let's jump back to before the time Columbus decided to go on the expedition. He wanted the, the uh, Spanish government to pay for it. And he would. He said he would bring them a lot of wealth. So much. More than enough to make up for the cost that they had made. And But in return, Columbus wanted, three per, wanted 10% of the wealth captured and caught. Now, while they were heading out there, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, um, Columbus also wanted to govern over them, you know, like a, um, he would, he would see over them, collect taxes, make sure all of the servants and the slaves were in order, make sure everyone was happy, uh, along with those that mattered, so, that was essentially what he wanted, however, 33 days after after leaving the water, waters known to the Europeans, Columbus and his men saw branches of floating water and flocks of birds in the air. Now, if you don't know, those are signs of land. Um, now, mind you, Columbus had a reward set out for the man who could set who could set their eyes on land first, and then, on the faithful day of October twelfth, fourteen ninety two, a sailor named whose name whose last name history has forgotten but his name was Rodrigo saw the moon shining on white sands and cried out land ho land ho he had spotted it H- however Rodrigo never got the reward as Columbus claimed he had seen the light that evening before and so he got the reward which is just a scummy scummy method of doing this, just making a challenge. Now, here's a little fun fact segment. There used to be child sailors on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <clears throat> the, uh, the child, and I, and this is, again, all according to Howard Zinn's A Young People's History of the United States. So, here's a, here's a, uh, quote of, of a paragraph of this section. <clears throat> 
The children who sailed with Columbus worked in their bare feet, took showers by dumping buckets of seawater over their heads, and used a toilet suck up from the ship's deck over the sea. And even the youngest boys drank strong white wine with their food. And, um, they, they were, the older boys were called criados. Uh, they assisted, they assisted the ship's officers or apprenticed as grommets, climbing ropes high above the trim to sails. The grommets became experts at tying different kinds of knots. They hung lengths of rope from their belts and carried knives at all times to work with them. Uh, that's the end of the quote. Now, pages, there was another thing. There were pages. They would cook and scrub the decks. They would cook the meals. You know, like I said, scrub the decks. And uh, they learned 16 different page prayers by heart. One of them is one I am about to tell. Bless... Blessed be the hour God came to earth, Holy Mary who gave him birth, and St. John who saw his worth. The guard is posted, the watch, the watch glass is filling. We'll all have a good voyage if God be willing. Now, there, mind you, there were 93 men. <sighs> I don't know. Now, the report... That Columbus published to the royal, to the Spanish royal crown, made him an instant hit. He, uh, he decided to name... Now, mind you, they were part fact and part fiction. He claimed that he had reached Asia, and he called the Arawaks Indians, meaning the people of the Indies, which... He, uh, I mean, he did kind of that. He discovered new people and discovered all these islands and stuff in the Caribbean, but also went on mass murder sprees and, um... Kind and exaggerated several things. Now, I am going to go on for a bit more. Now, he said that they were full of riches. Now, here's another qu- now here's another quote from the book and his and Columbus's personal log. And mind you, the the first word Hispaniola is what the Spanish called the islands. Now. Alright, here's the other quote. Here's the quote about what he saw in his official report to the Spanish court. Hispaniola is a miracle. Mountains and hills and plains and pastures are both fertile and beautiful. The harbors are unbelievably good and and there are many wide rivers of which the majority contain gold. They are many- there are many spices and great mines of gold and other precious metals. Now, the king, if the queen and queen would just give him a little more help, Columbus said, he could make another voyage and bring back more wealth and riches. This time, he would come back to Spain with, as, as I said, as much gold as they need and want, and as many slaves as they could ask. Columbus promised... Promises won him 17 ships and more than 20 and more than 1,200 men to go for the expedition. His aim was clear slaves and gold. That was the only thing he was looking after, and that is a horrible, horrible, horrible fact of human nature. So, I mind you that we are going into some very dark territory, so if you don't like atrocities, murder sprees, countless killings, then I would recommend you skip this part of the podcast. 
He went from island to island in the Caribbean, capturing Indians. As word spread among the Indians, the Spaniards found more and more empty villages they had run. But once they got to Haiti, they found that the sailors left behind at the fort were dead, which is odd. These sailors roamed the islands in gangs looking for gold, taking women and children as slaves until the Indians had killed them in a battle. Columbus's men searched for the gold in Haiti, of course, with no success, because, you know, sometimes, at least sometimes, the bad guys have to lose. But, um, they had something to show, so, and they had a lot of stuff to show, and by 1495, they had, they went on a great slave way, a, a great slave raid, and went back to Spain to show off their riches, and they, uh, they picked, now they picked 500 of their captives to send to Spain, 200 of the Indians died on the voyage, of course, so, yeah, if you're, if you're doing the math, only 300 survived one of his killings, which is just brutal, the rest were spent, uh, were, the, the rest were spent and put up for sale by local church, by local churches and auctions. Now, mind you, what I just said—the 500—those were meant to be spent. Those were meant to be sent to the Spanish court as servants for the royal crown, as a little thank you gift. But far too many slaves died in captivity, and what they did—they dumped the bodies over the boat. Now you would think. Uh, now you would think this doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something to Columbus, for he had promised riches and slaves. But what the what the crown saw was just an adequate amount of slaves. You know they could get this stuff in Spain or some of their other colonies. And Columbus was desperate, extremely desperate, to show profits for his voyages, and his plunders and his killings. Now. In a part of Haiti where, Com- where Columbus and his men imagined there was much gold, they had ordered everyone over the age of 13 to collect gold for them. Indians who didn't now Indians who did not give gold to the Spaniards had their hands cut off and they were and bled to death. The only gold around was gold was gold dust and bits that they could possibly salvage, and they were in small streams, so. So they ran away, the Spaniards did, they hunted, no, sorry, the Indians, I'm off script, the Indians ran away, and the Spaniards hunted them down like a hawk, like, just not, nothing. they used dogs, they used the best equipment that the western world could provide to them. Oh no, okay, sorry, we're having technical difficulties as of right now. Anyway, while I try and fix this small thing, I will continue to tell y'all about history. So, yeah, they they really were just absolutely brutal and abhorrent and things that should not belong in any society, but they did occur. Now, sorry for that little hiccup in the recording and the audio and the quality of the podcast. That was not good to begin with. I am very sorry. Now they were now my now as you probably have already guessed the Arawaks were completely defensive defenseless to the Spaniards' guns and swords and spears and horses and armor. So they did the only thing they really could do besides being captured alive. They all went on a mass suicide with poison. 
when the Spaniards for the when the Spaniards for when the sorry when the Spaniards voyage first voyage for the for the um islands began there were about a quarter of a million Indians on Haiti in two years through murder and suicide half of them were dead it became clear that there was no gold left the Indians were enslaved by the Spaniards on huge estates they were overworked and mistreated and they died by the fa- by the thousand thousands by 1550 only 500 Indians remained a century later no Arawaks were left alive on the island that is something horrible and I'm sorry but that is all the time we have for today on this first episode this is part one of two I will continue tomorrow or whenever I feel like it I don't know again sorry for that small little hiccup about a minute about a minute after I end this recording but um yeah if you like this if you like this podcast please be sure to like favorite and subscribe to to not miss one episode of this brutal history that we are so far covering and uh, be sure to look out for this for this on Spotify and iTunes where you get most of your podcasts that is all the time we have for today I am Indval goodbye